Right. We're talking sports with A-Train, and we have my good friend, and I call him my radio cohort because I still have ties to the radio station. I can say any radio station name on my podcast because it's mine. Uh, but KGSO, you will hear him in the mornings with a guy named Double D, Doug Downs, on the show called The oh the game plan. See, I was about to say that show in the evening. So it was start. I knew it started with duh. But <laughs> anyway, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. Well, yeah. Well, what I'm going to Exactly. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you know more about yourself than anybody. So I have on my podcast. Anthony Georges, and I'm going to let him tell you about himself and what he does. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm Anthony Georges. I work for KGSO Radio right here in Wichita. Second-line communications. I have to tell those the game plan in the morning, and I do, I do some play-by-play, football, basketball, and even baseball. We've got the Sunflower Feature League going on right now. We're going to get the NBC World Series fired up here pretty soon, so a lot of different action going on in the play-by-play world. Like I said, I do do some some co-hosting on shows, the press box, and also on the game plan. And I'm studying broadcasting. Just finished up a broadcasting degree from Butler, and now I'm headed off to Kansas State University to try and forward my education in uh, the mass communications sports broadcasting world. There you have it. We have a lot. And what's the unique thing about Anthony George's is, tell everybody how old you are. So I'm 19. I'll be 20 here in the next, in the next couple of months, and just very fortunate to have the opportunity that I that I've been given at KTSO and you know even at the Butler Student Radio. So there you have it. Nineteen years old, already has made a name for himself in radio, and I, I hope before he goes off to college, I hope his name comes up in the KAB Broadcaster of the Year Award because he does a good job. If y'all haven't listened to any of the games that he broadcast on KGSO, he does a good job making those games come to life. So before we get off into some meaty topics, since you are on the air doing the uh, Sunflower League, you also do it along with uh, Sam Speck. Give me some names of players that we should be watching out for, and they can have ties with Wichita State because I know there's a lot of collegiate players playing, but I know there's Wichita State players playing, so give us some names of players we should watch in the Sunflower League leading up into the NBC tournament. Only seen a couple of games, but I tell you what, uh, a couple of weeks ago we had two Wichita State pitchers face off. We had the Rebels and Tennessee and the Hudson Monarchs, and they had pitchers both teams were from Wichita State. Brigham Eddy was the pitcher for the Hudson Monarchs. He had a solid start, but I tell you what, Aaron Betchel, he is for the place from the Rebels. He uh, he leads the Sunflower League right now, Sunflower Feature League in ERA. He's got, I think he's got like eight innings pitched. And I don't even. I think ERA is still still a zero. He hadn't allowed any runs yet. Wow. He's a phenomenal guy on, on the pitching staff, and you go over to the opposite side of the ball. Uh, Tyler Castillo and Jackson Blanton, those two guys, they are phenomenal out in the field. They uh, the other night on Tuesday, we got the Sunflower Showcase every Tuesday night at X Stadium, you know, on the campus of Wichita State. So he leads it off with a triple right out of the gate, and then they go to the bottom, the, the bottom of the tenth, and we're tied up with the Derby Twins, the Diamond Dogs. Twins, you know, they're an extra. Well, Kyle Castillo, he jacks off, but he jacks triple to start off the bottom of the tent. <laughs> he rounds around the bases, and he's just a phenomenal player. And then Jackson Glenn drives him in. So I tell you what, 
Mystic guys. I mean, obviously, they were part of the Diamond Dogs team last year that made it to the MVP World Series Championship. They're on their way right now. The Diamond Dogs are the hottest team in the league. They haven't lost a game yet, nearly two weeks in. And then, you know, you look out in the field, too, you saw a kid from from Great Bend, Colin Miner. He is, you know, he Great Bend struggled the other night. But, man, they Colin Miner in the field league for being one of the defensive players, players in, the, in the league. Okay. So there you have, we're getting some briefing on players to watch in the Sunflower League. Now here there's been some friendly trash talking. I don't know if you can confirm that, but here there's been some friendly trash talking amongst Wichita State players that are getting the opportunity to play against each other because of the teams that they're playing for. But how do you think it feels for those Wichita State players to actually be out there playing on their field because last we knew, those players that donned the Wichita State uniform, they were in the middle of like a 12-game winning streak when their season came to an abrupt end because of the coronavirus. Yeah, we, we've seen them uh, get interviewed on uh, online TV, and they said it's, it's great to be back to be back out playing on their home turf. And they said, you know, one of the fun things is they're all still in their Wichita State group chat from from the from the from, from the college league. And like you mentioned, um, come like March 11th, the Shockers were 13 and two. They've won 12 straight games. They were going to be ranked number 16 in the RPI rankings. And when they get just gone from, from you know, being one of the teams to monitor, one of the top teams in the country, one of the hottest teams in the country, and then the season ends so abruptly. So to be able to play off of their home fans on their home turf, I think it's, it's an extra. I mean, plus to add a little bit of competition to it, to play against your own teammates, it just adds some more rivalry to it. You know, it's going to make it more competitive, too, especially when, when the college season comes back around. In the fall, they're, they're going to have that inner drive to, you know, to compete against each other even more since they compete with each other over the summertime on opposite teams. They're, they're trying to better each other while they're still on the, on the same team when they know come the fall time they're going to compete each other, be competing against each other for the starting position. So I, I think it's phenomenal. They said they're having fun with the trash talking in their group, and they said, you know what, we're still friends, we're still brothers in Wichita State, but right now we're we're playing in our summer league and we're, we're having a good time, and that's. That's all that matters. They're getting your experience and what, what a great opportunity it is to be right there in their home stadium. They didn't have to travel across the country. They're still basically right here in the heart of America. Right. Now, let me ask you this question right here because I don't know if you've had a chance to just really dive into the NBC, but what do you think the format of the NBC is going to look like this year due to all the I guess restrictions that have taken place. Will we see our regular teams or is this tournament going to be modified a little bit? Will they be playing at River? I got used to saying that Riverfront Stadium. And what team from the Sunflower League you think will emerge as the representative or if we have a couple of representatives? And let me ask you this while I'm thinking about it. Do you still wish we could see the Kansas Stars? Oh, I. I wish we could still see them. Absolutely, those that was so phenomenal to come out and watch a couple of years back. Those guys are just obviously so talented and playing former major league players. It was so fun. And we saw it at Lawrence Newmar Stadium. They they drew a packed house every time they played. It, it was just so cool to have them in action. But yes, your next question. It's going to be interesting to see how how it all play, plays out because you know we've had teams from California, Alaska, their leagues have been canceled. 
typically those proceedings will come and represent like the Alaska gold like the gold planner. I mean they they're, they're gold planners are here almost every year. We go there to the San Diego Wave. There's so many teams from California then there the Seattle Stud. Right. Exactly. Now, leading into another story, because you mentioned you were going to be going to K-State. So that leads into my next topic of discussion. We see what's going on. I've had a chance to read into exactly what has happened and the stance that some of the players are talking about taking. Basically, it looked like African-American players are looking to boycott unless some drastic changes happen. And let me just say, we're not just seeing this at Kansas State. We're seeing some issues at Oklahoma State. We're seeing issues at Mississippi State. But this here is a little bit closer to home. So how do you gauge this situation at Kansas State? Hey, this this is not what we represent. This is one of these students 
out of the thousands of students that go here to Kansas State, you know, he, he's one of the one of the guys that doesn't doesn't represent a positive, but for the most part we're we're a family this year. We've seen guys from the basketball team, football team, even the women's basketball team saying, you know, as a wrestling conference, we're gonna boycott uh, I saw Skyler Thompson, the quarterback for the Kansas State Wildcat football team, he came out and said, I stand with my brothers saying, you know, whatever whatever's happened, there needs to be there needs to be some consequences because there's too much hate and nonsense going on in the world right now. There's no reason to come out. And if a tweet like that, one bad tweet like that represents a bunch of people that really, if that's not how they believe, but think they all get to each other, that's just going to get put with the Kansas State name. And unfortunately, K-State's been in the news twice now in the last week. Yeah. not the positive. The first school to step out and voluntarily work out, but now they've got players in the boycott. So obviously, it's a rough time to be Exactly. Once again, we have on the line with me Anthony Georges from KGSO, up and coming, talented sports broadcaster and talk show co host. You can catch him on the game plan from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. with Doug Downs on KGSO 1410 a.m. 93.9 FM. Also on the TuneIn app. If, did I leave anything out? Did I get everything? Facebook Facebook Live. You you just can't get enough of Anthony George. See, like I said, I'll just say it like this. KGSO, and I'll say this. We have two sports stations in the city of Wichita. KGSO is the original all sports 24-hour radio station in this city, the original. And let me just throw down a list of names and tell you the type of company that Anthony Georges is in. Chris Allen, ESPN Charlotte. Alex Gold with ESPN has his own segment called The Gold Standard. I still haven't got my royalties for that because I said he should have something called that. Now he's on a bigger platform called The Gold Standard. There's been a Dan Lucero who's in the Kansas City area you get what I'm saying? There's been a lot of talent come through KGSO. And guess whose name is along most that list of talented? You would be one of them. So, well, man, I, I just want... And I'll say this, and I'm going to let you grab this. These guys, do if they're being no sports action, they still try to bring sports radio to life. So I want to thank you for joining my podcast and wish you luck in the rest of your endeavors and keep on calling great games for the Kansas Sunflower Collegiate League. Anthony Georges once again. All right. Once again, Anthony Georges on my podcast. I'll be back with more. Okay, I'm back with you, and uh, I once again want to thank Anthony Georges for joining me on my podcast. Later on, uh, I'll be joined by uh, a guy that's on KFH, a show called Driving Evenings from 4 to 6, I do believe. His name is uh, Jeffrey Lutz. I reached out to him, and he said he'd be more than glad to join me on my podcast. So I've been very fortunate even though I'm just a behind-the-scenes guy in radio, and right now there's nothing going on in radio for me to do anything, 
uh, I'm very fortunate because there are some guys that have been very instrumental in me being on radio. And look like here in a few minutes, I'm going to have a guy by the name of Andy Hoosier join me. Uh, he's not so much a sports guy, but uh, he's getting ready to join me on the line right now. And ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line right now, voice of reason himself, Andy Hoosier. Andy, welcome to my podcast, Talking Sports with the A-Train. How are you doing? Hey, Anthony, what's going on, man? It's good to talk to you, buddy. Man, it's good to talk to you. I joined you on your show this morning in a field that I'm not well-versed in. So now you're in my field, which is a sports field. But you know what? This show does not have to be... This segment is not to be about sports. But what I will say is, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Hoosier is one of the guys that was instrumental in me actually getting to talk on the radio. Now, there is a connection. The first time I got to talk on the radio, and he knows this guy, was a guy named Joe Navarro when I first started in radio. But me and Andy would do Friday night quick scores. And Andy would have me come in every other Friday because there was somebody else in on the Friday that I didn't come in. But Andy let me get on the radio. And we even had one compliment from a lady that really didn't give out compliments. So I'm going to decrease and I'm going to let Voice of Reason Andy Hoosier tell you a little bit about himself. Andy, the floor is yours. I hope so, because, you know, it's people like you that come up. I had Anthony George's on earlier. I'm going to do a little bit of cross-branding. There's a guy, but I can say that because this is a podcast, which is affiliated with the station. I'm going to have Jeffrey Lutz on later on after I get through with you. He's coming on to 630. But, uh, you know, you are a very keen, sound man. You're a very young man, but you are into a lot of things because a lot of people your age usually are not into politics. But I know you see the things that are going on in this world. So it looks like the Native American coalition, they have reared their heads again. And I heard Chris Broussard and Rob Parker said on their show, The Odd Couple, if you're going to address racism with one set of people, you have to address it with the other set of people. So let me ask you this question. Should the Washington Redskins change their name because that name seems to be offensive to Native Americans and when you look in the dictionary of that name it does not sound something very glamorous
first from some tribes who say that they hold it on the other hand, these first tribes who say they absolutely love it, and that it actually started originally with these American tribes that wanted some presence in a lot of athletic sports. So they were the ones that started it, and then now I guess it's time to change. Some find it offensive. I don't personally think it's very offensive. I love the idea that we have you know, the Cleveland Indians, we have the Washington Redskins, that we have different sports that, that have different, I guess, nationalities. I mean, the fact that they're they're part of and the fact that they're involved in the athletic industries and that they have a presence, I think, is not offensive. No, I'm not Native American, so I can't really speak for them, but I, I believe that, I, I don't know what's offensive about it, other than people today just have a very thin skin and they don't, they think that everything's offensive to where you can't eat meat without harming an animal and thinking that it's very emotional in that sense as well. So I, I have a hard time with the sensitive crowds of society today. And I absolutely love, but I mean, growing up in Ohio, I mean, I was a Cleveland Indian fan, and she thought it was fantastic, and we hopefully have not gotten rid of that. I haven't followed it enough to know whether that's gone or not. But the fact that they try and get rid of these things, it's, it's more of a political correctness because if you want a presence, then let's have fun with it. I mean, my, I'm Irish. I have the stigma of, you know, being a drunk Irishman with a beer in my seatbelt. <laughs> Watching Conor McGregor, right? Right, and I believe with different time comes different eras, and you have the staunch back in the day, as I would call them, versus the new generation. And it, it kind of brings you to the next point because I, I've known people in the military, and you know where I'm going with this now, don't you? I, I know people in the military that serve this country, and the reviews that you get, like when Colin Kaepernick started the kneeling process, some say there it was a disrespect to the flag. Some say we weren't fighting for the flag, we were fighting for the country itself to give people the right to protest in a peaceful fashion. So even in different branches of the military, there's a split on was it a disrespect, was it not a disrespect? So now you can see with the name Redskin how you have the older generation, you got the younger generation coming up so there's definitely going to be that great as I call it the great divide so now the question is how do we bridge that gap well that's a great question how do we bridge that gap and how do we try to appease to everybody and here's the thing I don't think that politics needs to be involved in sports that's why people get driven to sports is because they want to take a break from the political world some people don't like politics at all some just need a break need a breather from it so they want to go to the sports and then to try and infiltrate sports with the political messages, whether it's the kneeling, 
with Colin Kaepernick, whether it's trying to reprove the name. I think a lot of people get burned out on it, get frustrated with that as well, because that's their sanctuary. They want to just go, and they want to enjoy a baseball game. They want to enjoy a football game. They just want to enjoy a sporting event and watch the athletes do their thing. They don't want to hear about a protest that's going on. They don't want to hear about the name being offensive when some people may agree, some people may agree, but they just want to step away from it. Right. Unfortunately, uh, individuals have taken hold of the sports world to make it into a political thing. They've taken advantage of that. And uh, I, I don't know where the sports world itself stands on these because I think the sports world tries to avoid taking seats on it as much as possible. Right, right. So here, here's a little bit uh info on it. It said the origin of the word risk and has long been disputed by linguists Native American activists who consider it a slur and those who insist that the name of Washington's football team dishonors Indian rather than disparages them. The word's roots extend back to at least the, get this, the mid-18th century as colonists and Native Americans began clashing. Now, in 1769, the first unchallenged use of the word rescue occurs when a British lieutenant colonel translates a letter from an Indian chief promising safe passage if the officer visited his tribe in the upper Mississippi Valley. So, this goes way back. We weren't even thought of. Yeah, and these are very sensitive and tense times. And it's like it's almost like we're living in a powder keg, and this thing could just explode at any minute. Whether it be everyday life, political scene, sports scene, seems like the only culture that seems to be getting along right now is the music scene. And you wonder how long that's going to last before somebody says something crazy in the music scene. So, but once again, y'all, Andy Hoosier's on my podcast. I'm thrilled, honored to have him because like I said, he's one of the guys that was instrumental in me being in radio, so Andy, I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast, giving me, your, uh, giving me a few minutes of your time and tell them again what's the name of your show and what time your show is on because this is your plug right here. Live stream on the podcast on there. We're live at 6 p.m. Central Time every night. And 
here on radio stations and numerous times all over the country. So it's uh, growing by the day, and I appreciate the plug, my friend. All right. Thanks so once again for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Andy Hoosier. Thank you. As I wait for my next guest, Jeffrey Lutz, to call in, I want to look at an article from the Sunflower. Looking at the local front, I haven't did anything on Wichita State in a while. But uh, the article is headlined Dynamic Talents How the Shockers 2020 Recruiting Class Fares Nationally. Following the mass exodus last season in which six scholarship players transferred out of the Shockers men's basketball program, Greg Marshall and the coaches staff found ways to help fill the void on the recruiting trail. WSU has filled those scholarships with some promising players in hopes to replace some of the production loss. Currently, the Shockers class isn't getting much love from recruiting metrics like 24-7 sports and rivals. 24-7 Sports has the Shockers with the 70th best recruiting class in the country and the 4th best in the AAC. Rivals ranks the class at number 53 and 4th in the conference. Greg Marshall said he feels the team got more athletic while also adding players who will improve throughout their career as a Shocker. We address some immediate needs and also set ourselves up for the future with guys who are just going to get better and better every day, Marshall said. <clears throat> All of them are dynamic talents as well as super young people. All seven of the signings will be immediately eligible for the upcoming season. The Sharkers have filled up all 13 scholarships, but they could have one spot open if Dexter Dennis opts to keep his name in the NBA draft. Alterique Gilbert, a six-foot guard from UConn. Coming out of high school, Alterique Gilbert was one of the top recruits in the country, but injuries have derailed the start of his career. The graduate transfer had a breakout season in in his sophomore season and backed it up with more solid play during the 2019-20 season. In 31 games, Gilbert averaged 8.5 points and 3.7 assists and 2.6 rebounds with UConn. The Atlanta native expects to be an immediate impact player for WSU at the point guard position. As a graduate transfer, ESPN has him ranked number 41. Chauncey Jenkins, a six-foot guard, six-foot-four guard from Minchville. As a lengthy guard prospect, Chauncey Jenkins was expected to blow up this summer, and WSU feels they found another under-the-radar prospect. At Minchville, Jenkins helped lead the team to a 20-4 record this past season earning All-State honors. Exploded onto the scene this past season with a dunk that landed him on ESPN's top 10. Eric Bossy, an analyst from Rival, sees Jenkins as one of the main sleepers at the shooting guard position in the 2020 recruiting class. He plays above the rim and gets there in a hurry. Thanks to a great first step, Bossy said. As he gets stronger and refines his skill, he could develop into a star in the AAC. And 24-7 Sports has him as a three-star ranked number 425. Rivals has him as a three-star ranked number 33 as a shooting guard. 
Clarence Jackson, six foot seven forward from Polk State. Clarence Jackson brings a versatile option to WSU's front court after playing one season at the junior college level with Polk State. In his long season with Polk State, Jackson averaged 13.3 points and 8.8 rebounds while also playing both far positions. Jackson prides himself on his versatility, which instantly drew him to WSU to continue his collegiate career. It's a key piece to my game because I can guard multiple positions, play multiple positions, score, pass, rebound like crazy, Jackson said in an interview with the Sunflower earlier this spring. I lock up on defense too, so I do it all. Juco recruiting, number 23, 24-7 sports, number 6. Craig Porter, six foot two guard from Vincennes. After leading Vincennes to an NJCAA championship during his freshman season, Craig Porter Jr. got even better last season. Before the 2019-20 season was cut short, Porter was averaging 14.8 points and 7.7 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 1.8 steals, and 1.9 blocks. Porter tallied the 14th most assist in the country this past season and will be in the mix for their issue at the point guard position. Juco recruiting has him ranked number 15, 24-7 sports, number 16. Jaden Seymour, 6'9 forward, Northside Christian Academy. After recovering from an ACL injury from last April, Jaden Seymour had a nice bounce-back season where he helped lead Northside Christian Academy to his second consecutive semifinal appearance. Seymour has made All-State twice during his high school career and was a rival's top 150 recruit prior to his injury. He will help provide depth at the forward positions and has the chance to be another hidden gem for WSU. 24-7 Sports has him as a three-star number 409. Rivals has him as a three-star ranked number 45th small forward. Ricky Council IV, 6'5", guard forward from Durham. As a long-time WSU target, Ricky Council IV brings athleticism nearly similar to Dexter Dennis and could have an instant impact for the Shockers. Council became one of the top players in North Carolina and averaged 23 points and 9.5 rebounds while leading Durham to the state quarterfinals. Council was awarded third-team All-State and has the versatility to play at the shooting guard and small forward positions. 24-7 Sports has him as a three-star, ranked number 384. Rivals has him as a three-star, ranked number 50 as a small forward. Trevin Wade, 5'10 guard from Georgia Highlands. Trevin Wade, the brother of rising senior Trey Wade, became the last recruit to commit and sign with, which, sign with the Shockers in the spring recruiting period. The brothers last played together at South Plains two seasons ago before Trey departed for Wichita. Wade had a breakout season with Georgia Highlands this past year as he went on to average 17.6 points and 4.5 assists per game. Wade will help to add some depth at the point guard position along with, all, along with Porter and Gilbert. Juco 
Recruiting has him ranked number 83. So there you have it. That's the outlook for Wichita State basketball. And hopefully there will be a season played. And I look forward to seeing this team on the court. Even if it's with a limited amount of fans. Just to get some fans in the state stadium and to see some live basketball, it would be great. And I would like to see how this team fares. We have yet to hear from Jeffrey Lutz. Hopefully we will. But if we don't, we've had a good show thus far. I want to thank my guest, uh, Anthony Georges from KGSO. Also, Andy Hoosier from KQAM, who has his own show, Voice of Reason. But you can hear on KQAM and other radio outlets. And hopefully I've had some topics that piqued your interest. I say share this podcast, like it, leave some comments for me, give me some feedback because it'll be because your feedback that my podcast will improve. So thank you for joining and thank you for listening. So as I wait for my last guest to call, I just reached out to him. So hopefully we'll hear back from him. Uh, Jeffrey Lutz with Drive KFH from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the evenings. Uh, and the reason I say comment because sometimes you will hear this podcast and it won't be live and hear it. So it'll be like a, most of these podcasts are like repeat, repeat broadcast, but I believe there's a segment where you can, there's a section where you can leave a comment. Give me your feedback on topics I've talked about. Give me your feedback on what you would like for me to talk about. Uh, who knows? I'm liable to even let you have a segment because I'm not just looking for the elite people, but I'm just looking for everyday common people as well, too. Who knows, the one who gives me a topic to talk about and I research it, I'm able to have you call me and you can join me on my podcast. We will talk sports. We may even detour maybe a little bit like I did this evening, but there won't be too much of a detour. We will talk about some of the issues that are plaguing sports. Like I say, I want to bring a different perspective if there's any possible way to do it, but I want to bring a different perspective to sports talk. Yes, I will talk Major League Baseball. I will talk NBA basketball. I will talk NCAA football, basketball. I may even talk a little bit of WNBA, but I'm also going to talk uh, historically black colleges and universities as well. May get my buddy. I, I like to drop names, people that I know. I may even get Scott Styles on here and talk auto racing because that's something that I don't know much about. But sometimes it's not what you know; it's the people who you know that know about the stuff. So may get Scott Styles on here because he is going to hear this podcast because I'm gonna send him a link so he can hear his name dropped in this and get him on here and share some. Uh, light on the racing scene locally, regionally, and nationally. So, yes, I am going to have some people on my podcast that will 
shed light on things that even I don't know about. I, A, I'm not the biggest sports guru. Never claimed to be. Probably never will be. But I will have people join me that are in the know, that know their stuff, and I can learn from them. So, thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you have found it entertaining. Uh, we'll work on the audio as far as getting the guest on. Uh, maybe have a sit-down live with him. That way, it'll be a better and clearer podcast for the guest. Because I know you can hear me playing, but I want to make sure you hear my guest playing. So until the next time, take care of yourself and each other, and God bless. Okay, I am back again for another segment uh, joining me in a few minutes will be the drives KFH Jeffrey Lutz. I'm glad he's reached out. Glad he's answered the call and I look forward to getting insight from him on various topics. Uh, I used to call him to his radio show called The Drive. And let me tell you, sometimes it's a madhouse, but that's in a good way. But I am very thrilled that he will be calling me here in a minute. Uh, and we'll just be talking sports. Uh, and I hope you find my podcast entertaining. And with some of the guests I have on, I hope you find it to be very in. Lightning. That's what's going on in the sports scenes because we know that there's not a lot of sports live action going on, which is why I am hammering the nail on the head. Get out and support local sports. Get out and support youth league. Softball, baseball. Get out and support these kids because they could be the future stars you'd be watching. You can say, I remember when at such and such a field, I saw that kid. So we're basically waiting on Jeffrey Loops to chime in and we'll get this show going. Okay, we are still efforting Jeffrey Luke's calling. Uh, he has a lot of insight on sports, and we're basically going to talk a lot of local sports scene, get his perspective on what's going on, possibly in the Big 12. And we now have live. And we now have the legend in the making on talking sports with the A-Train. I'll tell you how I got that nickname because, you know, there's a station in town that I'm still somewhat employed with. So they gave me the nickname A-Train. So that's how I came up with the podcast name. But joining me on my podcast, I'm honored because I'm just a little guy. I don't have no dog in a fight in the sports scene locally, but I listen to a lot of sports talk. We have the drive, the guy that drives the drive. 
Jeffrey Lutz, and I'm going to let him give you all of his credentials. Jeff, take the floor. That is a daunting task. You know, I just have so many credentials. I am very much a little guy myself. Um, I've been doing the drive since December 2015 with my dad. I did a little Saturday show on KFH for a while, just saying with Jeff and Jamin. I think we started that in May of 2011, if I'm not mistaken, and we did that for maybe six or seven years. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that. I uh, wrote for the Wichita Eagle for about 17 years, and now I'm uh, doing the radio thing with Bob, legend in the making. So this would actually be the first father and son combination in radio, right? At least here in Wichita. I'm sure somebody out there has done it before, but I don't think it's happened much in Wichita. I know there are people uh, in Wichita who have had their kids go on and do things in the media. Uh, I can think of Dave Phillips, who was on the radio for a while, his son Michael. I was an intern uh, at the same time with for MLB.com back in the summer of 2007, and he went. he's covering the Washington Redskins now, I believe, for the paper in Richmond, Virginia. All right, well, since you mentioned that name, the Washington Redskins, and we see a yeah, lot of... Why did I say that? We... I usually just say Washington. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I, oh. I happen to have gone to a high school... Uh, North High, that's also, that also uses that nickname, and I'm not too proud of that. <laughs> okay, so speaking of that, because that, that's a perfect lead-in, because I've really, I've really been going unscripted unless I pick some up on my feeds or something. But since we got all the civil unrest going on, which is filtered even in to the sports scene, we have the, uh, I, I can't think what their acronyms are, but I'll just say the Native American Coalition, if that's what you want to call it. Since we've gotten on the Black Lives Matter movement, now they have come to the forefront and they want to see name change immediately in the Redskins. Now, I don't know if you get a chance to listen to these two guys. They call themselves the Odd Couple. But Chris Chris Broussard said it like this. He said, if you're going to address racism with one race of people, then you have to address it with the other race of people. That would be the Native Americans. And it's time for a change. And some people don't even say that name. They just call them Washington or the Skins. What's your take on that? Yeah, I usually call them Washington, too. I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't believe I let the word slip out of my mouth. But, yeah, I would uh, be all in favor for a name change for that particular NFL franchise. I root for a Major League Baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, that has gone through their own sort of controversy with their former mascot, Chief Wahoo. They took off their uniforms uh, starting, I think, last season, if not the season before. Um, I've, you know, I, if they change their name to the Cleveland Tribe, people have wanted them to become the Cleveland Spiders, which was, it wasn't the Indians franchise, but it was the Cleveland baseball franchise way back around the late 1800s and the turn of the century. I would, I would, even though they were horrible, I wouldn't mind uh, a revisiting of the Cleveland Spiders. But yeah, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm in favor of all those names being changed or at least reconsidered. One of the names I've seen came up because I see some from an article that was back in 2013 and they threw a lot of names out. One was the Washington Hogs or the uh, Hogwarts or something like that. Uh, but what a lot of people might not realize is Daniel Snyder actually bought a team from the Arena Football League and he had named trademark and patented one called the Washington 
Warriors, but the league folded. So could the name, the Washington Warriors, be a good transition name and everybody would be satisfied with that? I kind of like where you're going with Warthogs. Washington Warthogs. Warthogs, yeah. Has a nice ring to it, uh, especially because they uh, they had that group of I think defensive linemen or whatever so many years ago called the Hogs, and you bring in Warthogs for that WW the alliteration thing. Washington Warriors doesn't do much for me. We already have a, a Warriors in professional sports, and that that name probably is a little bit overdone. But if you could come up with something creative, I think you should take the opportunity. You can rebrand your franchise. Uh, I, I've always wanted to like. You know, when they come up with, like, new high schools, like here in Wichita or down the road from me, Goddard Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. I think they call – what did they call themselves? Tigers? Like, you can have a whole school. You can name it anything you want and pick any colors, and you come up with the Tigers. I know it's because <laughs> the Goddard is the Lions, and, you know, they wanted to do the Lions and Tigers thing. But call it a cat fight. You, you can call it anything you want, and you can choose the Tigers. Right. We're getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but if you have a chance to reset your whole franchise and come up with a new name, I mean, that's a chance to be as creative as possible, I think. Well, here was another creative spin in that article, and you had to go, like I said, had to go back to 2013, but they said if they came up with a name like the Washington Federals, because it would be fitting with the other pro teams that they have, like you got the uh, Washington Nationals, then I think you have the Washington Capitals, which is the hockey team. Yeah. So it would be fitting if they had a team called the Washington Federals. But they said that maybe the fans and the players might not be on board because you have to go with a whole rebranding and a whole new color scheme. But it would be fitting going along with the professional sports theme of the teams that they already have, such as the Nationals and the Capitals. So what about the Washington Federals? That could work. And just in the spirit of the conversation you don't even have to escape washington dc to think of a franchise that changed its name and completely rebranded we have the washington wizards now and they used to be the washington bullets that name was changed because of i think gun violence concerns in washington dc and they're now the washington wizards and it's they're not very not a a great franchise or anything like that but they rebranded and they come up came up with something uh, innovative and cool and a different kind of color scheme with that gold and blue and black thing that they had early on. So, yeah, you have a chance to rename and, and kind of reset and recalibrate your franchise. Uh, there's a lot of possibility. So there's no real good excuse for, you know, just keeping a name. Go, oh, that's what we've always been called. That's that's not a valid thing. To me. Right. And, of course, you know, the risk of the skins or Washington <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. I'm gonna blame it on you. Yeah, they, they have had they have had some history, and it hasn't always been good. If you look at them, they were the last team that franchise was the last team to integrate, bringing on an African American player, and he was a pretty good one. He finally retired his number. So, in the grand scheme of things, there's only two numbers that have been retired in the Washington franchise. And that would be Sammy Boa and. I can't think of the guy's name, but I know his number is 49. Number 49. Uh, I'll have to research it again because I did a segment on him because it, you know, I found it to be a very fitting piece. Uh, moving on, uh, there's been some cancellations going on due to coronavirus. And I don't know how much you keep up with it because I like to do things a little bit different and zone in on other sports topics we don't normally hear about. But the Southern Heritage Classic, which pits two 
historically black college university. That game has been called off. And Morehouse College in Atlanta has canceled its football season as well as as well as, as its fall sports. Do you see this end up being a trend from them trickling even to the higher levels? I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think uh, you talk about these. I, I, I don't know if I'd call it like this. Is it? It's like Southern and Grambling. It usually plays in that Southern Classic or whatever it's called, right? Right. It just okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a pretty important game. I think every year. So I wouldn't call that lower level. But we talked about Morehouse College. That's not like a prime Division One program or anything. I think any decisions um, made for the upper level levels of college football will be made as an entity by the NCAA. I don't think you'll see like, okay, well now Duke has canceled its football season or now Texas A&M has canceled theirs. I think it will be probably more of a collective decision than individual programs saying we're not doing it. And I probably, if I had to guess right now, I think there will probably be college football, but I don't expect like a 13 or 14 game season. And then we just go into these bowls. I don't know what it'll look like, but there will probably be something. It'll just be different. It will, uh, yeah, it will be very different. And we're just going to have to embrace it. Uh, once again, I have online with me, Jeffrey Loops from the drive. And he's basically his father in his dad's footsteps. Sometimes. sometimes uh, but sometimes we, as children, we, tend to go astray sometimes but <laughs> that could be a good thing but i'm happy and thrilled to have him on my show i want to shift gears one more time because we don't have college football here in wichita right well unless you consider friends university that's no slap on friends so i want to fast forward to a season that we all look forward to because we've seen the revolving door but we see a new team on the horizon, Wichita State basketball. What's your prediction for their team? That's tough. Uh, you got to just kind of wait and see how some of these new players will look. And I, I know that they have a couple veterans in Dexter Dennis and Tyson Etienne, and they bring in the graduate transfer point guard from UConn, Altery Gilbert. I think that's a really good core. They managed to keep Morris Udeze, who – was getting attention from big-time schools when he was in the transfer portal. I hope, but I don't know, but uh, I'd like to think that he might have a leap, kind of a, an improved game. He sees a, kind of a Shaq Morris light. He got in a lot of foul trouble and doesn't stay on the floor for very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he has potential. So you've got a lot of guys with potential, and then you have a couple of guys that have done it before, and Dennis and Gilbert, uh, the, the Juco tra- or the UConn transfer. Then you've got a couple Juco guys we don't really know much about. So you'll probably know a lot more maybe as they enter conference place. They have a tough non-conference schedule this season as they usually do. Mm-hmm. So they emerge from that sort of unscathed and you know they're not having these inner turmoil things that they had go on last year and everybody's on the same page and we know what our rotation looks like. Then I think, the, I think Wichita State basketball can return to some level of prominence, if not this year, then pretty soon. Right, and it's a, it's, since you mentioned the inner turmoil, I think we got, now I'm going to go ahead and say it, I think we got some of the cancer out of the locker room. And I think the selling factor in Morris Udesi coming back 
is the fact that even though Dexter Dennis put his name in the NBA hat, it's safe to say he pulled his name out and he was the one that influenced Mo Udesi to come back. And you also mentioned some of the players that got to come back. You One thing you didn't mention, Trey Wade and how is it that we yeah, were right. able to pull his brother as well, too. So I want to yeah. – yeah, go ahead. Boy, I forgot about Trey Wade. I like his game a lot. If he can continue to be that kind of stretch four and and play well from the outside and on defense, be a, a little bit of a physical presence as a rebounder, maybe even a shot blocker. I like. Uh, I forgot about Trey Wade. I, I that's another core piece that they have coming back. Exactly. And then you throw in the redshirt guy Joseph Atmalau, who has such a massive wingspan, and. Being able to redshirt and play against those players, I look yeah. for big things for him in the paint. So, to me, I think we keep our stretch of 20-plus win seasons going, and we're going to be in good company because there will only be three other teams that can have that same stretch, and that would be Wichita State, us, Duke, KU, Gonzaga. Notice I didn't say North Carolina, and I didn't say Kentucky. You're blue blood, so... We're in company that they're not even. Villanova's not in that. I think it's like 11 to 12 straight 20-plus win seasons. And Wichita State's only one of four teams that can boast that, with that being Gonzaga, Duke, and Kansas. That's a pretty good company to be in. That's uh, amazingly impressive. And Wichita State should be proud of that. Exactly. Well, Jeffrey, I want to thank you. This is this was our inaugural get-together on my podcast and we'll have to do it again as we get more sports going and hopefully we'll be talking live sports because the NBA is about to start and I'm just going to say like this whoever's a champion I'm going to put an asterisk on it I don't even think they should name a I don't even think they should name a player or a rookie of the year uh, that's tough man they played 60 plus games already there's been a there's been a season I can see that if you want to say that in baseball where they're trimming the season down to um, like a third of its, if it's length but NBA is going to have 70-plus games and a full playoff. So, I don't know. I don't think I can put an asterisk on that. Okay, well, it remains to be seen. But <laughs> we, we, but we, you'll join me the next time, and we'll talk about this again as we as their season restarts and as baseball restarts. And we'll one thing we'll say about this baseball season, I'm going to let you go. The games will actually mean something now. I hope so. so. I'd like to see my Cleveland Indians. All right, then. Well, thanks for joining me once again, Jeffrey Loops, and I do appreciate you for joining me. Let's do this All again. Right, thanks. All right, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Loops joining me on Talking Sports with the A Train. And we will talk to you later. Thanks for joining me. Like the broadcast, share the broadcast. Take care of yourself and each other. God bless.